0: Welcome back Raider Nation, it is time for Silver and Black Today, an Odyssey original podcast covering the Las Vegas Raiders. Welcome back, if you don't already download the show, make sure you do, subscribe, that's how you start, you hit the subscription button, and guess what, put on auto downloads, it'll come right to your phone, wherever you listen to us, in the car, whatever, you can get it there. Also, if you're watching us on YouTube, love our YouTube chat, always fun, make sure you go there, if you get a chance, subscribe, hit the notifications bell. And join us. Appreciate you getting back. We're here to talk. It's the offseason, but there's lots going on, and we're going to get to that here in a second. But, of course, first we bring in our man, and that is, of course, Mo Moten. He is the NFL writer nationally for Bleacher Report. You can catch his work up there, but also uh, talks about the readers up on sportsnot.com. He's a columnist there as well. He's also known around these parts as Midtown Mo. All right. Great feedback, by the way, Mo, on on your theme music. People dig it, man. They really like it. Uh, And so we're there and it's all about you. So we're just making sure that uh, I'm just kidding. But no, it's all good. So here is Mo. Uh, Make sure, again, you follow him on Twitter, M-O-E-M-O-T-O-N. And catch him wherever he's at. All right, man. It's that time of the year. The Combine is getting started. Uh, are you ready to evaluate some people?
1: Absolutely ready to evaluate 200 to 300 pound men in their underwear. Um, <laughs> this is the highlight of my career right here. The NFL con- scouting Combine. No, I'm just joking. I, I, I Before we get into that, I, I just want to just point out a few things about the Combine. The combine is important but not for the reasons not for the biggest reasons you think it is i think mm-hmm. the most important thing about the combine as far as all prospects are concerned are the interviews the stuff we don't hear about yes i, I think the interviews are super important and doesn't get <laughs> talked about enough because we we're not in the interview room so we don't know what's asked of these prospects or what there was talked about behind closed doors but i think that's the moment where team representatives get a real feel for the player because as much as we like to break down the X's and O's and what happens on the field, a lot of these teams want to see if this player is a fit for their locker room. And the only way you can do that is through an
0: interview. You can. The other thing we'll talk about in this segment, by the way, just an overview of the show, we're going to get into the combine. We're going to get uh, a couple, two or three of Moe's top must-watch for Raider fans because he's always prepped. He's he's covering those 300-pound men. Do you remember what, by the way, Chris Jones, do you remember when he did the combine, what happened to him?
1: I don't remember. R- remind me.
0: He was running, I think, the 40, and his junk fell out of his shorts. Yes. You
1: know what? I vaguely remember that happening to a prospect, but I, yes. I didn't... I forgot that it was Chris Jones.
0: Yes. Yes. So yeah, his junk fell out of his shorts and uh, it was, he handled it really well. Just and I'm sure that helped him when he got drafted because he handled that adversity like none other, but it was an amazing thing. And yes, YouTube has everything. So if you're interested, um, I don't think, I think it's blocked out, but you can get the sense for how funny it was. But anyway, I, the I'll combine,
1: take it. I'll take your word for that one.
0: M- yes. I, I think you should. <laughs> um, but I will say this, the combine, we're going to talk about this segment then in the second segment, we're going to talk about a piece. If you remember Andrew Brandt, Andrew Brandt's a professor at Villanova University Sports Business, former front office executive with the Green Bay Packers, was involved with getting Aaron Rodgers there and all that kind of stuff. He wrote a piece up on Sports Illustrated that I want to talk about when it comes to cap and court paying quarterbacks, uh, which challenges some assumptions. And Andrew's been on the show a couple times before. I'm sure we'll have him on again real soon, but I want to talk about it in relation because a lot of the conversation in Raider Nation, Mo, as you know, well, we can't do this and we can't do that because we got to do this. And you and I keep saying, well, no, there can be true truths on both sides. You can do both things if you manage things correctly. So we're going to talk about that as well. And then we'll get into some hodgepodge in the third segment. But that's a rundown of the show. But first, we talk about Combine. And, Mo, you talked about something about the combine not just being about running 40s and vertical jumps and all that stuff and that's true the other thing i want to say before you get into the player evaluation piece of it is that the combine has become a mini a mini NFL GM convention so if you go back the last several years what has happened at these meetings a lot mo is that deals are made this is where we start to see free agents signed We start to see also uh, trades happen, not only draft picks, but also existing players. So I'm telling people, yes, watch the combine, watch the stupid four cone or three cone, whatever it is, uh, and all that jazz. But also pay attention because you might start to see teams make significant moves. I think that's one of the underrated pieces of the combine in Indianapolis as well.
1: I think that's the reason why so many NFL writers and reporters go to the combine to get the scoops. Yeah. i mean they they go to you know watch the activities and the events too but the scoops are are what moves the needle at this point in the year because a lot of the top i want to say a lot but some of the top guys aren't going to even participate in the combine bryce young isn't going to throw jalen carter is not going to participate so if if the combine isn't your thing, then you can kind of go to some of these restaurants, eateries and figure <laughs> out what's the buzz. Like is Lamar Jackson going to get traded? I yep. know the Green Bay Packers contingency is going to be in Indianapolis, but I'm sure there'll be buzz about Aaron Rodgers there as well.
0: Yeah, and 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 remember, for me it's sort of like I'm a big baseball guy as you know, and the winter meetings for baseball is where everything happens, right? Now, the NFL, you'd say, well, the NFL has their owners' meetings like four times a year. It's not the same, right? That's owners' meeting. With the winter meetings in baseball, that's where all the teams go. It's like Christmas. They bring their shopping list. What are they looking for? Who are they looking to deal? What do they need? Right? That happens towards the end of the year. And to me, this is that. This is the winter meetings, if you will, spring meetings, for the NFL and GMs. And this is where I particularly, if Dave Ziegler is kind of the wheeler-dealer that he sometimes can be, we might see some deals. I'm not saying any big blockbusters, they could happen, but you might start to see something happen. Now, Jalen Ramsey was a name that we've been uh, talking about for weeks here. That has come out. The Rams are moving him. There's no question. And so you would expect, and you're seeing the Raiders' name. But this is where those discussions happen, Mo. And I think to me, I you know I, yes, I'm watching the the young college players and what they're doing. But to me, this is much more why I'm checking my phone every 30 minutes during this time of the year.
1: Absolutely. And not to get Raiders fans excited, but when Jalen Ramsey was leaving Jacksonville, I think he was on busting with the boys and he mentioned two teams that he would play for mm-hmm. the Tennessee Titans. Cause he's a, he's a native of the state of Tennessee and the Las of and the Raiders. So mm-hmm. I don't know if that if he still feels the same way because you got to remember when he was leaving the Jaguars, I believe John Gurdon was in place. The Raiders were a different team. I don't know if he would want to play under Josh McDaniels and, and Patrick Graham and that staff, Raiders being coming off of a six and eleven season. But I, I think it's worth mentioning because the Raiders need a cor- they have a need at cornerback. Mm-hmm. Now, I'll say I'll say one thing that makes me skeptical of a Raiders Rams deal with Jalen Ramsey is Jalen Ramsey reportedly wants a new contract. <laughs> I don't know if the Raiders are going to want to spend as much as he is. If, if, you know, you can ask for a certain dollar number. doesn't mean you'll make it, but right. he wants to be one of the highest paid cornerbacks and he's playing still at an all pro level at 28 years old. So he's worth that penny, but I don't know if the Raiders will, will be willing to spend on, on, on him.
0: Yeah, level. that, that remains to be seen. And I think, you know, this draft in particular, which now will transition into Mo telling us about some guys we got to watch this draft in particular Particular, if you look at edge, you look at cornerback is deep. There just is a lot of player. I mean, there's a lot, which is good for the Raiders. Listen, because they need, they could use another edge player because Chandler Jones, you don't know. And plus you got to continue to develop guys all the time. And then cornerback, there's clearly a huge need for cornerback for this Raiders team. Mo, when you look at this combine this week and what's happening there, give us somebody... Maybe on the defense, a guy you're watching in particular closely as it relates to the Raiders and who they might be wanting to interview and sit down and have a cup of joe and figure out if they're the right person.
1: I don't want to butcher his name, so <laughs> I'm going to take my time with his pronunciation. Tule Tui Palatu out of yes. USC. Defensive tackle, I believe, is about 6'4, 290, lined up a lot on the outside at USC. Probably going to have the transition inside on the NFL level, but I think the Raiders should totally be interested in him in the second round i actually think that he can probably be when it's all said and done you look at him and say why was he a first round talent now the raiders as we all know if you're a raider fan you know this they need a guy who can play the three technique on the inside they need a guy who's going to be able to unlock their edge rushers and and generate some pass rush on the inside on the interior and i think Thule could do that now there are some questions about his fit because as i said he lined up mostly on the outside at usc he's about 6'4 290 so he's He's not going to line up on the outside unless it's a, it's a sub package on a pro level. So he's going to have to move inside, which is which wasn't his thing at USC. But I think he can transition well because of his skill set. He has the power. Now, and he has a pass rush plan. Now, a lot of these edge rushes come into the NFL, and they're just using their best move, the bull rush, a spin move. Right. I think he has a developed pass rush plan where he can do different things on the inside if he can transition. And I think that's part of why you saw the production that he had. I believe he had 13, 13 and a half sacks this past season, 22 tackles for loss. So if he can bring that to the NFL, I'm not saying that those numbers will translate directly, but if he can get the Raiders a handful of sacks and, and 10 tackles for loss on the pro level as a rookie, I think that's big for the defensive line. So I think the Raiders should be eyeing him on, on, at, at the combine and through the draft.
0: Absolutely. His older brother, Marion, of course, played for the Eagles, uh, as well. And also, I mean, you look at what, what he did, unanimous, all American, uh, two time first Pac 12, uh, team Morris trophy. He won, he won the Pat Tillman defensive player of the year award. And of course he was a Polynesian football player of the year. So, uh, a great, great pick there. And like you said, could fall into that second round, The size uh, and the quickness, actually. I mean, that's, I think you mentioned it, you watch him and he's pretty pretty stellar. So we'll have to see how that all goes, goes down. What about the defensive backfield? Anybody stick out for you there? Do you select anybody there? Is there somebody that Raider Nation, as they start watching the highlights this week, that they might want to look for?
1: There's a guy I've been mentioning from maybe six weeks ago, and Cam Cam Smith out of South Carolina. Now I have family in South Carolina, so maybe it's a little biased, here, but <laughs> uh, I really like Cam Smith. He's not the he's not the athletic prototype so to speak he's not he's not gonzalez out of oregon you're not going to see a fluid athlete out of him which is why i want to see how he performs at the combine because one of the questions about him is does he have the makeup speed when a wide receiver gets a gets a step on him can he make up for that for that close that window really quick if he's initially beat because as a cornerback, you're going to get beat on the pro level. When you guys got guys like Devontae Adams and Justin Jefferson out there, mm-hmm. you're going to lose some battles. It's how do you respond to those lost battles and how do you recover when a raw receiver gets ahead of you downfield? So I think the combine will be important for Cam Smith because they'll show where his, where his agility is, where his change of direction is, his back pedal, things of that nature. So he's going to have to show up there. If he shows out the combine, I think he can go at the end of the first round. If <laughs> he's very average as, many people as many draft evaluators think he is as an athlete then he could be available in the second round but I will say he's very instinctive and that's why he he has all the ball production that he had at South Carolina
0: yeah and I listen as as much as the Raiders need help in the defensive backfield and, and he would be a fine selection I think that they're not going to go that direction in the first round right I think you have other needs on defense you must talk about defensive tackle um, and of course quarterback depending what they do there if they can if they have a choice there um, and so you have to look at <clears throat> guys later in the second or third round, even guy like Deontay Banks out of Maryland, right? Here's a guy, one of the big corners, if you call them six, two, I forgot what his way to one He's got that lateral movement. He's got that big length that you look at a big corner and they can do the run, but you talked about the agility, the, the, the lateral movement. And for a kid that big, I like his movement as well. So there's a lot of, again. Really deep draft. So if the Raiders don't select a cornerback in the first two rounds or even the third round, Mo, I think there's going to be quality guys going into the fourth.
1: I think so too. And a lot of people think that the cornerback position is probably one of the deepest positions in this draft class. So I I actually expect the Raiders to go cornerback early and late. I, I wouldn't. That's one of the positions I. What do you mean by early though? Did. Are
0: you are you thinking before the third?
1: I would I would actually consider it in the first. Believe it wow. or not. I would, if the Raiders trade, let's say the Raiders are at seven and they don't like any of the, the options they have at seven at that value. And let's say they trade back into the teens and Joey Porter, Porter Jr. is there. Yeah. I'm taking Joey Porter Jr. I know he doesn't have, I know he only has one interception at the collegiate level, but it's not all about interceptions. And I think he could be a number one lead corner type that the Raiders need on the back end. So I, I wouldn't take him at seven, but in the teens, early twenties, if he's there. I don't think he'll be in the 20s. I think he'll go in the teens because I think he's the number one cornerback. Maybe, maybe Christian Gonzalez, depending on what you want. If you want a physical Oregon, guy, Joey yeah. Porter Jr., if you want it more of an athlete, it'll be Christian Gonzalez. But I think he could be the top cornerback off the board. And if he's there, again, in the teens, late teens, I would take him.
0: Yeah. Uh, I mean, you got Devin Witherspoon, Gonzalez Porter. Mm-hmm. I talked about banks. Tyreek Stevenson out of Miami too. I think is a little underrated. So again, you you I, I I see a I see at least two, maybe three of those guys going in that first round, uh, but then with all of the other depth you have there too, you could you could end up going later. And and if, listen, if the Raiders to me, we'll see what they do at seven. I mean, listen, if 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 they can't go quarterback, if they can't move up, if that's their direction. Uh, They could certainly move down in the first pick up a couple second or a second or a third round later for that first round. That seven, that number seven pick will be very valuable. And that wouldn't be a bad thing for this Raiders team if they're going different direction in quarterback, because then you accumulate picks, Mo. And and to me, if I'm them, just like a bunch of the other teams that need bodies, that's what I would consider doing if you're not going to do quarterback in the first round.
1: And, and let's remember that free agency is going to change our opinions on this. Once Correct. we see what the Raiders do in free agency, they may sign a top corner off the market, a Jamel, a Jamel Dean out of, Tampa, out of Tampa Bay, played for Tampa Bay over the past few years. If they sign a top corner, then you could take corner off the board on day one, in my opinion, because you need, to me, you need someone on the defensive line. I know you only asked for, for a couple of prospects, but the other guy I'm looking at, Miles Murphy out of Clemson, that's a guy i think it's interesting for him because there are questions about his short area agility so i think things like the cone Mm -hmm. drill and his uh 10 second split are going to be important for him at the combine but i've seen miles Murphy listed everywhere between five six going to the lions or the seahawks all the way i've seen him in the 20s and the question the big question for him is doesn't have great bend but he has this—he has that that long arm bull rush that has got him through and got him some production, some sack production out of Clemson. So it's going to be interesting to see where he falls and how teams see him.
0: Well, and and before we hit the break here, Mo, uh, I think one of the one of the opportunities that the Raiders may have is if they don't go quarterback or they don't move up to get a quarterback, and the quarterback they want is not available at seven. Could they go offensive line again? Could they go? They've been linked in a lot of these mock drafts, to uh, Peter Skronoski from Northwestern. Yeah. Is that a guy you could see them taking at seven, or if they trade down a couple picks in the top 10, top 15? I, this is going to sound crazy, <laughs> but I actually
1: think that the Raiders might like Jermaine luminar at right, right tackle. I really yeah. honestly think that because being that he didn't start before this past season wasn't a right. full-time starter before this past season. Again, I, I believe he allowed one sack after week two or three. I know he was a penalty machine, but remember, it was his first full-time position as a starter. First year as a full-time starter. So hit as crazy it may, as it may sound, even in his mid-late 20s, he's still maybe on the up because he hasn't had much starting experience. And I think the Rays are going to resign him which will kind of tamper down the need to pick a tackle in the first round. Yeah. Now, if you take Skarnowski and you want to move him to guard, which a lot of teams have talked about, a lot of draft analysts have talked about because he has short arm length, I would kind of understand it, but a guard at seven to me is, you know, it doesn't it doesn't match in value. So I just don't see them taking a the tackle in round one. I see them taking a the tackle in round two, and that's when my guy Dornell right out of Tennessee comes in.
0: Yeah, I think the only exception to what you're saying, and I agree with it, is – if they trade way down in the first, if so, if they're at the bottom of the first round for whatever reason in the twenties, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. then you might do that or a Paris Johnson at Ohio state. If it's mm-hmm. the best player available, that's what you got to go with when you're down there uh, and, and your need, of course. But to me, yeah, yeah, I agree with that. If you're, if you're at seven, I just, you know, either one of those guys are good. Those two top guys I mentioned, but they're not generational type offensive tackles. I don't think it's not the kind of guy you take in the top 10.
1: I, I would just prefer, now I know people are going to scream at me and say BPA, 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 and I understand that, <laughs> but if you're not going to take a quarterback at seven, to me you have to take a, a game changer for the defense. The, the Raiders have had a, B, a bad defense for how long we've talked about this. Yes. A lot of fans have said defense, defense, defense when we say QB. So if you're not going to take a QB, take a defender who's who could possibly change your defense. Yes. You could do that with a lead corner or a guy that can get to the quarterback.
0: And to me, that defensive tackle position too, right? Because it's not as deep in this draft, but if that's a guy, but it's a seven, you take, you got to win in the trenches. You saw it happen Mm -hmm. with the Chiefs this year. You saw it happen with the Eagles. You have to build the trenches first. So it's not always sexy. You're not going out and buying the jersey, but if you can get that guy... He can be a huge game changer. All right, we're going to take our first break. When we come back, we're going to shift gears a little bit. We're still talking about the Raiders building their roster, but our good friend Andrew Brandt uh, from Villanova University writes up on Sports Illustrated. He writes about the business of the NFL, which a lot of us forget about, including me and us when we talk about football. He did a great piece up on SI. We're going to talk about his premise when we come back. It has to do with the salary cap and how you can, he says, build around paying a top flight quarterback so you can pay a quarterback 50 million dollars and still have money left over to build a winning team we'll talk about that when we come back you're with mo and scott here on silver and black today in odyssey original podcast don't go anywhere